Rock of Grace. Good morning, Rock of Grace. How is everybody? You're so quiet. How is everybody? All right. Will's doing some mentoring in Warren today. You guys know we are three weeks away from launching a Warren campus where we're going to reach more people for Jesus and more believers becoming disciples. Can I get a big amen? So stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet. We're going to get ready with some uh, Christmas worship music. Can you believe that? It's here, Kelly. It's here. High five somebody and say Christmas is here. house this morning come on i'm excited to be in god's house we uh we taught you this one maybe four or five man i'm out of breath i'm out of shape goodness that's a good sign when you're losing your breath praising jesus or i'm out of shape but let's sing this uh we've been waiting our hearts hoping for a savior for our lord i love this line now this day in flesh appearing love is here we wait no more isn't that awesome come on let's sing it
your eyes and lift up your hands to heaven. Will you just say thank you, Jesus, for coming? Come on, I know maybe you've had a busy week. Take some time to just shed that, that stress, those worries, your to-do list. And fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus.
there's never been a day when you were not faithful. Never been a day when you let me down. So I'll fix my eyes on Jesus. I'll fix my eyes on Jesus. Come on, church. love Jesus. Do you love Jesus in this house? Christmas story. A thousand years had come and gone, yet only darkness never dawned. They wait in expectation. They know that God had vowed to come, Messiah Christ, God's only. Yeah, you know it.
no limits or boundaries to how much I can love you. There aren't even any conditions on my love for you. I am chasing you because I love you. I don't see your mess. I see your beauty because you are beautiful to me. I created and formed you in your mother's womb. I detailed every bit of you, every different thing about you, every unique thing came from me. People might criticize you, but I gave you those gifts. I gave you those talents. I gave you that personality. And I love you. I laid down everything for you. All I want you to do is love me back. It's an easy thing to do. Just love me back. I have an everlasting, unconditional love for you. We receive your love, God. We receive your love. Just lift up your hands if you just want to receive that love. God, we receive your love. We should sing this bridge again. Let's sing this together. No more darkness. No more darkness when Jesus shines. Sing it, church. Triumphant grace on a silent night. A humble king, Yeshua came. And on David's throne, he'll forever reign. No more darkness. No more darkness. Jesus shines triumph and grace on a silent night. Our humble King, Yeshua King, on David's throne. 
broken and lost, our hearts you've won. God has such a word for us today. A lot of what Donna shared is in my sermon. That old hymn says, his law is love. His gospel is peace. Let your love, God, let your love come down and pour into our hearts. Let your love come in. Let your love come down in. Let your love come down and fill our hearts. In. If you've got some worries, some stresses in your life, why don't you just lift up your hands and, and let it all go. of peace, your everlasting Father. Oh, your name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, fill my heart today. Sing this old song to me. Joyful and 
adore him. Christ the Lord of all. Are you so thankful for him? Come on, let's give him a shout. Jesus, we thank you. Come on, lift up your praises. You are Christ the Lord, the everlasting King. God, we love you. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you came. You invaded earth and our brokenness, God, 2,000 years ago. And like that song we sang, we've been worshiping and joining all of heaven, singing your salvation story since then. And we love you. Can you just say that with me? Say, I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. We're going to do meet and greet in a little bit. You may be seated. Hello. There you guys are. How are you? Good morning. Welcome to Rock of Grace. We're just so happy to see all of you here this morning. Um, if you are new with us or a guest, um, we would love the opportunity just to be able to connect with you. One of the simplest ways to do that is there's a connect card in the seat back right in front of you. If you can take a few minutes, fill that out. You can drop it in one of these boxes as you exit this morning. Another very simple way to do that is that you can text new at ROG, and that's to number 94000. And uh, that's another just very easy way to be able to connect with us and for us to be able to connect with you. We have some really exciting things going on here, so I'd just like to draw your attention to a few of those. Next Sunday is December the 12th, and we have our monthly Immerse meeting. And if some of you don't know what that is, that is just a community worship night. Um, we meet at the Horizons Church in Middlefield. It's going to be at 630 However, this coming week is going to be something really special. Um, I don't know if Evie is here. Evie, are you in here today? You're not? Okay. 
Evie is one of our youth. She is totally on fire for the Lord. God has really put um, a call on her life, and she is going to be sharing with us next week. Isn't that exciting? So please, yeah, that is awesome. Um, come out and support her. See what God is doing. Just to hear from one of our youth is just the fact that she has the courage and the passion to do it is just so amazing. So come out and, and, and just be a part of that Immerse Night, okay? Um, the next thing is, I'm sure many of you uh, have Facebook, but we have a digital foyer on Facebook. And basically, you have to join that group, just like you would any other group. And we would really encourage you to do that and invite some of your friends to that foyer. Um, we post different needs that are there. Um, I mean, a simple need this week, someone posted that they uh, had an extra chair that they were giving away, and here a single mom popped on there and said, I am moving, I need that chair. So it's just a great way that we are able to share what God has given us. Sometimes we're giving away stuff, sometimes we need things, and that's a great uh, platform to be able to do that for one another. Um, also, we just want to thank all of you for your generosity. We did 143 boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Yeah. So that is over 1,000 boxes since we first started. And these boxes go all over the world. I think on the list you guys can see there's Madagascar, Ukraine, Zimbabwe, South Africa, South Sudan. I mean, these are places that we could never go, but God has allowed us um, through a simple way of giving gifts to children to reach these places. Uh, they pack these boxes with New Testaments, books uh, called The Journey that are able to tell children the simple message of Jesus Christ and how he saves. So when you gave that box or you gave money towards that, that is what you gave towards, and that is amazing. So thank you guys for just partnering with us and doing uh, Operation Christmas, Christmas Child. Uh, next, we have Noelle. Here she comes. She's got a little announcement for you. So if you guys can give Noelle a big hand. All right, I won't take too much of your time, but... Uh, my name is Noelle, and I am here just making an announcement and inviting you to come on December 9th at 6.30 to 7.30. For anybody that just has an interest in learning more about prayer and intercession and the role that it plays here at our church, um, Donna Anderson, as you know, she gave an announcement last week. Um, she is the head of our um, prayer and altar team, and we're just really feeling just a clarion call just to call those who've just been feeling a stirring in their heart um, to pray um, and to intercede. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what we're going to be doing at that meeting. But first of all, I just want to just remind everybody how thankful or how much we have because of the blood of Jesus. And it saves us and it set, sets us free. And whether you have known Jesus your whole life or whether you just came to know Jesus today, it's the same story. It sets us free. It gives us hope and it gives us life, and that's why we want to pray. And the second thing that it does, and this is sort of my soapbox, is it unites us as the family of God. When you have the blood of Jesus, we are blood brothers and sisters because of the blood of Jesus, and we all play a, a part in the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 says that he is the head, and that we are each a part of that body, and the body of Christ is built up as each part does their work. And there are no superheroes. 
we all play a different role and we need every single one of you. And um, we just believe that God is just doing a new thing in the body of Christ. And that each one of us are just stepping into a role. Don and I have been praying that people are waking up at night, that you just feel God calling you and drawing you into different areas and placing you where he wants you to be. And we believe that he's going to stir your heart to be a part of this if you feel him calling you to do this. And because um, we know that God moves on our prayers, he chooses to use us as the body of Christ to, to fulfill his redemptive purpose on this earth. So we just want to say this. This is who this is for. This is for anybody ages 15 and up who just feels a stirring to pray and intercede. Um, you just feel a stirring to grow um, in that area with other believers. We're doing this together. Um, and so we want you to come out December night. There's three areas that you can hear about. One is just intercession in general. You just want to pray. You want to pray um, before church. You want to pray for our pastors and their staff. If we're going to have an event here, you want to come early and pray. If we're, if we're going to start a new church, we're going to march around that church, and we're going to pray over that building and over that property. This is just to pray. So that's the first one, intercession. The second one is actual altar team. Because so I know some people really want to pray, but they don't necessarily want to come up here and, and be on the altar team. You don't have to do that, but you can. And so Donna is asking, we're asking for more people who want to be a part of that. So we're going to learn about that. And then the third one, and this is kind of exciting, this is different, we haven't done this here before. Um, for those who just want to learn and grow in the prophetic, growing and learning with others, um, just learning to hear the voice of God for yourself and for those around you, we want to do that together. We want to just create a family that can learn and grow, and when we get together on December 9th, we're going to tell you about when we're going to be meeting and how often. So if any of those interest you, if you feel your heart beating, if you feel the Holy Spirit moving upon you, please come and join us just for an hour. We're going to have fun um, on December 9th at 630. And so stay tuned up here. We're going to watch a quick video. Hi, I'm Pastor Dave, and I'm joined here with Pastor Jordan, and we want to invite you and your family to join us for a very special Christmas here at Rock of Grace, because we recognize that you may have your own individual and unique ways that you celebrate and bring in this Christmas season, but we want to invite you to join all of our campuses together as we celebrate. Yeah, Christmas Eve is always a special time when we kind of culminate the Christmas season at Rock of Grace, and we're gonna have people from Cortland, Kinsmen and even our Warren Launch team, we're all going to be together uh, at the Kinsmen campus on December 24th. It's going to be a great time for us to celebrate the thrill of hope. All month long, Pastor Dave and I are preaching this series on the thrill of hope, taking some lyrics from that amazing song, Oh Holy Night, talking about that incredible moment, right, when the Word became flesh. So we invite you to join us out on December 24th. It's going to be a great time for families because we've got a family lounge. Yep. You can take your little one there if he gets... Uh, excited and get the wiggles out there, but all the kids are welcome to join us in the sanctuary uh, on Christmas Eve. So we have two great service times where you can join us. It's going to be on Friday, December 24th at 3.30 and 5 o'clock p.m. Each service is going to be identical and only one hour long, so you don't have to worry about missing out on that family and friends Christmas dinner. It's going to be a great time, and you don't have to worry about which service you're going to be a part of. 
One of the cool things is at Christmas Eve, we've actually seen people give their hearts to Christ. And so this is not a time where we are only having a traditional service. Yep. We're actually expecting that God would meet people right where they're at, maybe uh, relatives or family of yours that uh, don't know the Lord. We wanna lead them to follow Jesus. So bring them out, invite them out on December 24th. We're gonna have a great time. Because that's our prayer for this night that together as a church, we can lead each other, we can lead our families, we can lead our friends to following Jesus together this Christmas season. If you want more information, you can check us out on our website at christmas.rockofgrace.org. We hope to see you there. So everybody say this with me, 3.30 and 5. And the reason we do two services, we this house always fills up, so... Um, I want to just encourage you, 3.30 and 5. By the way, usually the first service has a lot more people. So if you want a little more space or you want to help us out, come to the 5 o'clock uh, time. So, um, hey, we're going to have meet and greet now because we wanted to split up some things in the service. So I want to have everybody stand up. And I do see a couple guests, which is a beautiful, amazing thing. I want everybody to stand up. And you have to greet someone that's not sitting in your section. That's right. There's a truth that'll set you free And there's a light that'll shatter the darkness And there's a grace here for you and me That's right. This is not for the gentlemen. This Sorry, is just guys. for the ladies. So, ladies of Rock of Grace, my name is Evie Smeagle. And I'm Kylie Vang. And we are inviting you to the Mirror the King women's event. But it's going to look a little bit different this year. Let Kylie tell you what it's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, so instead of it being at Rock of Grace Kinsmen or at Big Oak Meadows, it is going to be life group style this year. Um, and we have a bunch of ladies who have been super awesome and have 
agreed to be hosts for this. So you'll yes. get to go to their houses and enjoy a night with other ladies. Yes, it's going to be amazing. And so there's going to be a devotion and just talking about how we can become better women of God by honoring God and who he is. Yeah. So let's take a look at what's in the box. It is going to be super awesome. We have shortbread cookies, we have hot cocoa and tea and marshmallows and fancy candy canes. Um, and oh, you can't see that. That is a surprise for the be whoever brings in the best, the best Christmas, Christmas mug. mug. So let me tell you what you need to bring. That that gets that gets us to this point. So we need you on the other side of this camera that you're watching this video right now. We need you to bring yourself your best Christmas attire and your best Christmas mug for, like Kylie said, the mug Christmas con contest. Whoever wins gets a prize. I bet you can't guess what it is. I bet you can't guess. <laughs> so we want to invite you to this. We're super excited for everything uh, that this event is going to be. So uh, some details for you. Uh, you can sign up at rockofgrace.org. You can sign up for whatever house you want to go to. The dates are December 8th through the 18th. And uh, you get to choose uh, what day you want. Uh, the hosts chose when we asked them. They chose the day that worked best for them in the, that date span. And they chose the time that works best for them. So go on rockofgrace.org and pick a day that works best for you and a date and a time. And the spots will fill up quick. So make sure you go and get your spot. Yep, we are super excited. Thank you for watching this. Yes, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see you guys later. Bye! She's, she's not a ham at all. And I don't have any children like that that are hams either. But, um, yeah, so Mirror the King, pretty cool. That's going to be in different homes. And I'm just, I, I got to say, I'm pumped about our, our teens taking up some leadership uh, gifting. Isn't that cool? And picking up and saying, hey, let's serve here. So that's awesome. Mirror the King, check that out. Just go to rockofgrace.org, click events. You'll get more information there. Uh, one thing before we receive our offering and get into the word today is I got these little devotionals uh, from a publisher I really love. Um, and these are really good. They can make them available for churches to give them away like crazy cheap so that they're a blessing to your family. So the ushers are going to pass these out on your way out the door. All right. So on your way out the door, they're going to pass these out. And that gives you a little bit of uh, just kind of some roadmap for family devotions in uh, December. Let's pray for our offering. And this is a part of our worship when we give. Um, I have to say, guys, you have been so faithful in tithes and offerings, which has allowed us to do everything that we do with uh, foster care, with fam, with planting a church. Starts in three weeks. It's amazing. So grab a hand next to you and let's just pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity uh, to give. Lord, it's an expression of our worship to you today. Lord, we just want to tell you that we are thankful, Lord, that you saved us like we just sang about. Lord, at just at the right time, you came. You saved us from sin and death. You made a way. God, you are the epitome, the persona of love, and you broke into our hearts, and you made us completely new. So, God, it's our joy and our privilege to give our tithes and offerings to you. Be glorified in it, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to jump into the message, if that's all. Yeah, I think that's all. And we are starting a Christmas series, imagine that, uh, in December. And I've titled this, A Thrill of Hope. And so what uh, I thought would be cool would be to use 
some lyrics from that amazing song, Oh Holy Night. Is anybody else, is it like one of your favorite Christmas songs, Oh Holy Night, right? And um, yeah, just an amazing song. And we're going to use those lyrics as a bit of a roadmap. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Romans and put a marker there. And then you can uh, flip over and put a marker or your finger in Matthew 1. Matthew 1. So God, we just ask that you speak through this sermon. God, that you move me and my ideas aside. And that you would be glorified. Jesus, that you would truly be seen as our brother who came to reunite us with the Father. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Well, I want to start with these lyrics. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. O night, O holy night, O night divine. Led by the light of faith, serenely beaming, with glowing hearts as cradle we stand. So led by a light of a star sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lays thus in lonely manger, in all our trials born to be our friend. Wow. Truly he taught us to love one another. This is my favorite verse of this song. His law is love, his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother. We're going to talk about that next week. And his name, all oppression shall cease. How many of you guys believe that? That writer in 1855 was prophesying right, right there, right? For years, for decades, change shall he break. Oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. And that is the result of an encounter with Jesus as you praise his holy name. Amen. So here we go. A thrill of hope. Everybody say this with me. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Let me tell you something. The world is weary. Do you know how I know that? I was at Walmart yesterday. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I was like... For a minute, I thought I was on a seat of Lord of the Rings. Like I was waiting for Frodo to drop the ring in the, the fire, you know, because it was, it was intense. Let's just say that. It was opportunity for prayer. Uh, we'll call it that. <laughs> Has anybody ever just gone to Walmart and, you know, you're just like, wow, the world is lost. <laughs> Dude, I almost did. I was like, people need the Lord. I almost started shouting. Okay, just kidding. A thrill of hope. People need hope, they need peace, they need what only God can give. And when we say hope, we don't mean the kind of hope that we often use because it's, you know, through, it's been lost in translation a bit, what that word means and when it's in scripture. What it's talking about is this promise of the future, a knowing of a promised future. So it's not like, oh, I hope I get this as a kid, I hope I get this for Christmas or I, I hope I get this, gee, I don't know if it's going to happen, no. It's a promised future, a hope that you know because of God's faithfulness, because of God's word, that he means what he says and that he is going to do what he promised you. It is an absolute hope. Everybody say absolute. It's an absolute hope. So let's talk about that night when shepherds were shocked by that great angelic light, when Joseph has no idea what's about to happen, 
When Mary, a young teenage Jewish girl, not famous, not a religious scholar, has an encounter with God. Let's look at this. Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. How many guys say that would be shocking if you heard that? Okay? <laughs> Don't worry, it's God's baby. Okay. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Everybody just say Jesus. I love that name. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So our key verse is she will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save people from their sins. You see, in our sins and in our broken nature, we're lost, we're hurting. We sense the oppression of the weight of the world. We sense the oppression that comes with competition in, in, in this thing in humanity, this brokenness inside of us, this brokenness all around us that teaches you to push someone down to get ahead. The brokenness that everybody was feeling 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and began his ministry is the same brokenness that you and I feel sometimes at work, sometimes at Walmart. It's the same brokenness. And Jesus came to heal it. This is a great spot for amen. Let's try it again. Jesus came to heal it. Amen. So let's watch this video. I love this clip from The Chosen talking about what Jesus was about to do. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then you are the salt of the earth.
Jesus came to a people who were so oppressed by religious elites, by a political agenda, some of them struggling to make ends meet, to pay taxes in time, or their kids or themselves would be taken into servitude. I mean, you're talking about an oppressed, hurting people. And while many of the details have changed, the oppression, the lies of the enemy, the guilt, the knowing inside that something is wrong is still here, right? It's still here. For those who have not met Jesus, they know something's missing. Why is the world so weary? What is it about sin that causes people, even Americans who have so much, to be so unhappy? You ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, what is it, what causes, that's called sin, and that's what Jesus came to die for, to replace. Amen? That's so sound like he said, what? I'll say it again. <laughs> that's what Jesus came to die for. Amen? Jesus, the Son of God, came to us as one of us to save all of us. Jesus, the Son of God, came as one of us to save all of us. It's the thrill of hope that Jesus is becoming, if we let him, if we forgive, if we let him forgive us of our sins, he becomes our brother. And if you've been invited, I see a few guests today, which makes me ecstatic because what that tells me is people around you, whoever invited you, have found the gospel to be everything Jesus promised it is. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. You see, the thrill of hope is that that person next to you that you just talked to, now they're becoming your brother and your sister. Even if some of you are still jaded. Even if some of you, you're still fighting, you know, thoughts. The person all around you, in front of you, behind you, at the end of the row that you're sitting at, they are your brothers and sisters. We'll just look around one more time because this is the message that I'm, telling, I'm giving you today. Look around. Look at those beautiful faces. I know, some of them didn't shave. I see you. That's your brothers and your sisters. Why? Because Jesus came as your older brother to make God your father. So let's talk about that. The same love, oh, please hear this. The same love that the father gave Jesus, he has now given us. This is replete throughout scripture. When we accept the truth that Jesus died in our place, not just for us, but as us, we receive God the Father's love and God's uh, identity as sons and daughters. Jesus becomes our brother. Now you have to settle into this. I've been, I've been writing a book about this for a couple years. I'm so excited about. Jesus knew how loved he was by the Father. Think about this. I'm still, Paul, I'm still trying to figure this out, how deeply we are loved by the Father. Because when I look at my uh, little foster baby, Lucas, I've told you about him before. 
I can't believe how much I love him. Even if he throws a Lego at my face, come on, that's happened more than once. And yet I love him so much. And then I think how much more does father love me? Even, when I throw, even if I throw stuff in his face, he's like, I still love you. Amazing, right? The father loves the son. If you want to jot down John 3.35, there's some scriptures I wrote down but didn't, don't have time to give today. John 5.20 and John 17. I can summarize it like this. The father loves the son and has given all things to him. Not only the father but also Jesus himself desires and prays that you may know the love of the father. The love that the father has for the son and for you. Let me say it again because you got to let, put your hand on your chest. Just put your hand on your chest. You got to let this sink in right here. The love that the Father has for Jesus and for you. Right here. You see, if you let it settle in, you'll stop striving. If you let it settle in, you won't look for your identity anywhere else. And there is nothing more powerful than a Father's love. So I want to invite up a, a new friend of mine named Brooklyn. I saw that little bit of look of excitement and nervousness. So welcome her to the stage. She's going to do great. I'm so excited. I met Brooklyn here a few months ago. We were doing a training for all of our nursery, toddler, and RSK kiddos so that when we have children that have come into foster care, that we don't say the, right, the wrong thing, but that we say the right thing and we do the right thing to give them the best care. And so we, we met Brooklyn there. She shared some of her story, and I'm excited to have her share it today. One more time, put your hands together for Brooklyn. Well, I got I to gotta put my cheat sheet there. I'm going to try not to look at it, but, you know, just in case. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like Jordan said, I met him a few months ago at the Cortland campus, which is almost as beautiful as this place. This is gorgeous. Um, and I ended up sharing a little bit of my story, which was not planned. I was actually there with my supervisor, and she is very well trained in uh, trauma-informed research, and she was gave a wonderful presentation. But I'm here today to share a little bit about my own personal story, as well as just encourage you guys to get involved in some way. I know your church is doing amazing things already. I know a lot of you are already fostering children or supporting people fostering children which is absolutely amazing. And I can tell you from a very personal point of view that you matter. Whether you're the one that's making a meal for somebody or you're the one giving somebody a date night or you're the one that is actually opening your home to these children, you matter. Um, I was five years old when I went into foster care. It, I was the middle child of a sibling group of three. We were all girls and that's true for quite a few of our kids in care. About two-thirds of our kids are part of sibling groups, which are not easy to place. You know, you may be ready to open your home to a little kiddo, but when they're like, oh, well, there's like three of them or five of them, you're like, oh, my gosh, can I do that? That's, that's big. So when we entered the foster care system, it was rough. You know, it was finding somebody who was willing to open their home to three little girls, one who was just starting school, one who was in first grade, and one who was just barely toddling around. Um, we moved a lot. It was stressful. And I can tell you that the thing I felt the most was scared. And the important part of being a foster caregiver is 
helping kids cope with that fear. So whether those kids are going to go back home and be reunified with their biological families or end up uh, finding their special forever home, you get to stand in that gap. So I was in foster care for about two years before I found my forever home. And those people who cared for me, who helped me feel protected in those moments, who told me that I still mattered, that I was still loved, even when I felt most unloved and uncared for. Those people can be you. You can stand in that gap. And you may be the one who makes a little kiddo feel like you're safe just for now. And mommy and daddy may be working on some stuff. They may be going through some things. But until they are ready to take care of you again, I'm going to be that person for you. I'm going to love you just for a little bit. And it's not going to be easy. I'm sure Jordan has shared some of his stories with you. And he's got a little guy in his home. Um, but a lot of our kids aren't little. They're not babies. They're not three-year-olds. They're kids who have been through things. They've seen things. You know, They have trauma. They have fear. And they're not going to just open up as easy as you are. You know, you may be able to say, I can do this. I can love you. I can, I can make you feel safe. And they may push you away. They may throw Legos at your face or worse. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's just about letting them know that no matter what they do, kind of like what God tells us, right, that you're going to love them, that you're going to be there for them. As Jordan was telling his little sermon today, I was thinking, wow, isn't the story of God, like, perfect for foster care? Like, wasn't Joseph basically, like, the first foster dad? They're like, hey, that's not your baby. And he's like, I'm going to love it anyways. <laughs> right? It's kind of, like, perfect. And I can actually remember when I got adopted going to church for the first time. I had never gone to church before that. I was seven years old when I got adopted. And I remember the first time hearing my pastor say that you have a father in heaven. And I was like, what? He's loved me this whole time. All these things that I've been through, and he's always been there. And he's always been watching me, and he's always been loving me. And I remember the first time that really hit me as a kid. And I was like, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit safer. And, of course, my parents who adopted me were amazing. They brought me to that church. But it was that moment when I realized that I had something higher that could help me feel safe. And my adoptive parents gave that to me. They brought me to a church, and they gave me a new family, and they took me in as their own. And my dad was going to come today. He ended up having to drive some Amish to church. But um, if he were here, his story is my favorite to tell. Um, he tells people that he went in to get one boy. That's what he wanted. He got three girls. <laughs> He's not sure how that happened. He's still trying to figure it out, and we're all in our 30s, so... Um, he spent a lot of time in the garage, but it's, it's really funny to hear his story though, because my parents got married later in life and they were married for about 10 years. They had been trying to have kids for a really long time when they realized that it was not going to happen in a natural way. Um, so they decided to start looking into adoption and my dad loves to tell people that they used to give them binders. I, that's not something we do anymore. We're not going to give you binders. But he said that he would just see all of these faces and all of these kids, and he would just want to love them all and bring them home, and, and it just it broke his heart. And the one day they came in, and nothing had been working out, and they felt like, you know, maybe this isn't what's meant to happen. And they went to see their caseworker one day, and there was a picture of the three of us sitting on her desk. And we had just come 
into permanent custody, which means we were ready to be adopted. And my dad said, who are they? And they told him a little bit about us. And they said, well, they, they're in a precarious situation. You know, if, if you're interested, it's going to have to happen pretty quickly. So my mom and dad said, okay, all right, yeah. And they took that picture, and they got in their car, and they started to drive home. And my dad said he got about five minutes away from the agency, and he stopped at what they call a payphone. Some of you might not know what that is. Uh, <laughs> but he stopped at the payphone, and he called his caseworker, and he said, we want him. We want him right now. And three days later, my youngest sister, who was not placed with us at the time, was in their home. Um, it, it happened very quickly, and we got a new, a new family to love us and to care for us, and it was terrifying. Um, I feel like the day that I entered foster care and the day that I was told that I was adopted feel like the same day. There was just a lot of uncertainty for me as a kid, and I think that that's one of the most important things that caregivers have to make sure you keep in mind is that those kids are going through emotions that even as an adult you might not know how to cope with or handle, and that our biggest role that we can play as a caregiver for a kid like that is just support. You gotta be there for them, you know, lift them up, let them know that it will get easier. You will, you will be okay, we will continue to love you and we'll keep you safe. Safe is one of those words that our kids really need to hear. And I could go on and on all day and talk about this stuff, it, it means a lot to me. And it's, it's pretty crazy, in May of this year I graduated with my master's degree. I read a statistic that said that kids who enter the foster care system are 60% more likely to end up in prison than to end up with a degree in higher education. I have three. It's possible. But I did that because of the people who supported me throughout my life. That church family that I have, my adoptive family, my aunts, my uncles, all of those people. Jordan keeps calling us all brothers and sisters in here. And I think that that's a really special thing because when you can look at somebody who is a stranger or somebody that you just met and say, you are my brother, you are my sister, you are my family, you're already one step closer to being a foster caregiver. You get it. You can love somebody who's not your blood because you know that that's not what it takes to love somebody and support somebody. It's just opening up your heart and being able to say, Yes, it may break my heart a little bit if you go home or if, the, if you don't end up with me, but knowing that I got to care for you in this moment, I got to stand in that gap. I got to be the support that you may need that may get you to that next point in your life. That's what being a foster caregiver really is. Um, I'll be here after the service is over. If you'd like more information on like the technicality of things, we can give you more of that information. If you wanna sign up, we have, I know, you guys have something called the FAM program. You can be a part of that. We also have a mentor program at the agency, and you can be a foster caregiver. So come talk to me out in the lobby afterwards. Awesome job. That was so moving, and I so appreciate it. Um, you know, like I said to, uh, I think to the, to the uh, board the other day, 36 kids have come into care in Rock of Grace families. And that makes me ecstatic. That makes me ecstatic because I feel like the church is becoming the church. True religion, James says, is to care for the orphan, the widow, and the poor. Amen? So I, I wrote something the other day because we had a really long night with Lucas who wasn't feeling good. And 
and uh, I wasn't going to include it, and I added it into the sermon this morning. So I want you to understand, I want you to think through what foster care is. And like she said, you're stealing my sermon. You're making my next point. What the father does, what foster care is, is very similar to what Father God does for us. I want you to listen to this. Foster care is up all night, not feeling well, hold them tight. Foster care is to committing to committing to love no matter what. To give a child a home, to say yes with many things unknown. Fostering is believing that every child matters. Foster care is God's supernatural strength. It's saying I can do all things for, through him and I can care for this child today when others say I could never do that and give them away. Foster care teaches us to put our needs aside. It's a season of life to give, to give a child life. It's love as it's meant to be with no strings attached. It's arms held open even if they push back. It's unconditional, never changing till they learn to trust again. It's what the Father gives to us while we learn to trust in him. They wonder, did mom and dad just say no to me? Did I do something bad? I just want to go home where I can see mom and dad. This house is new and I don't understand it. I'll act out, I'll misbehave, but I'm just trying to be brave and find my way. I don't know what else to do. I know you love me, but give me time because I'm learning to love you. Foster care is taking turns, eating out or going to games. It's bringing aunts and uncles and in-laws in to keep you sane. It extends your family, yet somehow makes everyone closer. Teaming up knowing we can do this together. This child needs God's love, and we can give it together. Foster care is loud. It's big laughs and big smiles. It's a messy house and a pile of towels. All the, all the foster parents said amen. It's spaghetti on the floor and memories galore. It's only for a season. Yes, maybe you'll adopt, but even then, that child grows up, moves out, and needs to know you love them a lot. So keep on hugging, keep on loving, because every child matters. When people stare at your giant and different family, just do what I do, stare back until they feel funny. <laughs> That's really what I do. I'm sorry that didn't rhyme. Foster care is saying to a newborn child or teen, I love you, you matter to God, and you matter to me. I'm here for you today and there for you tomorrow. If you go back with mom and dad, I'll miss you and knowing the joy we had. You are loved by Father God, known in every way. Not a thing about you miss, not one detail, not one day. He has made you special, gifted, and unique. He is with you if you leave me. He's everywhere you go. He's the one who made you, so be proud and let everyone know. I can't wait to see who you become. You are special in so many ways. I'm so glad I get to be a part of your journey, if only for today. Life can be easy or life can be meaningful. The hard things are what make the in-between beautiful. So I choose to love. I choose to be hurt. I choose to give what every child deserves a safe and loving home, a seat at the table. Even if it's just for now, with God, I'm able. How many believe that what God is doing at Rock of Grace, I know foster care is just a part of it, but I believe it's an important part of it. I believe it's an important part of it because we are seeing God's love fill our hearts, right, and enable us to love these kids for this season. You see, Father God has looked past our pain, and he's loved us and taken us in and called us his own. 
That is a picture of love. That is the thrill of hope is that you and I were adopted. Everybody say adopted. Scripture says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry, Abba, Father. Come on, can I read that again? You have not received the spirit of slavery to fall into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry, Abba, Father. How many of you received the love of God that has filled your heart and pushed out all that fear? Come on, all that worry, all that striving. I know so many of your stories. You've sat in my office or you've sat at a restaurant with me over a coffee and told me your story. And I want to tell you, sometimes when you look around in a church, this is important for you to understand. You might look around and think, man, everybody else has it together. And man, they don't know my story. My story's messed up. I have news for you. Every story's messed up. Right? Remember what we said in September? Everybody's a dumpster fire. I actually had somebody give me a dumpster fire last week. I said, this is a sign of your ministry. Thank you. Beautiful that. Every person. Without Jesus. Come on, turn to your neighbor say, without Jesus. Some of you are too cool for school. You're not saying it. I will stare at you till you say it. Turn to somebody. Turn to somebody and say, without Jesus, I'm a straight up dumpster fire. And you know where you are because you hide it, you put on the makeup, but in my pastor's office, come on, it gets real. And you need to understand that the same grace that you needed, other people need. The same love, the same patience that you and I need, everyone needs, especially little kids in care. You see, we're given the hope of Father God. He took us in. He called us his own. His law is love. The next line of that song, his law is love. Romans 13.10 says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. I love when Jesus was teaching on, you know, what the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor. And you could hear somebody in the crowd is wanting to get out of it. I believe it was one of the disciples, but they're like, well, who's my neighbor? And you can imagine in rural um, Ohio, in fact, how many of you live like five minutes that way or... Hundreds of miles that way where, you know, it's, it's rural. Come on, raise your hand. Just curious. Just curious. See, I know how y'all get out of this. You're like, well, my neighbors are 300 yards away. I don't even know what they look like. I don't got to love nobody. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. There's somebody in your life that you engage with on a weekly basis, right? There's somebody, maybe even a monthly basis. There's somebody in your life that you can love and you can let the law of love, the goodness of Father God, come into your heart. Remember when he's teaching about the Good Samaritan? This was somebody that picked up and cared for a person who had been robbed and beaten up. And the religious person goes by. Jesus tells this story. The, the worship leader goes by and says, look, I got stuff to do in planning center. I don't have time for you. Then the pastor walks by and says, look, i got to prepare my sermon. You know, Sunday's important. And he walks by. And then who helps him? The person who comes from a place that's looked down upon, Samaria. We talked about Samaria about two or three weeks ago. It was invaded. You can read about it in 1 Kings 18. They were invaded. And this guy set up this, this place called Samaria. But what happened was Jewish people married non-Jewish people which is why centuries later, they still considered them half-breeds. They still looked down upon them with racism. 
So everybody, Jewish, even Gentiles, people who weren't considered uh, Jewish, they still all agreed that Samaritans were filthy people. So imagine that. Imagine that, ra that racism that was a cultural norm, okay? Then Jesus says, you know that Samaritan? Yeah, he's more loving than you. And they're like, no, but I go to church. Everybody just put your hand on your heart. Because <laughs> they're going, no, no, I go to, no, Pastor Jesus, I, uh, I go to Sunday school. And Jesus is like, I know you know what to do, but you got to do it. And see, we can, we can get really excited and say, well, when's the next prayer meeting? When's the next meeting? I love prayer meetings. I love Sunday school. But you know what? You know what America doesn't need? More groups of Christians discussing what we should be doing. That's like going to the Super Bowl and staying in the locker room. That wasn't in my sermon. That was the Holy Spirit, right? That's what I'm saying. We all say, let's go have a Bible study and discuss what Christianity is like. Why don't we actually do it? Why don't we invite our neighbors in? Why don't we invite uh, a child who's lost and hurting in? Why don't, we, why don't we go to work and say, do you know Jesus? Right? Why don't we start saying, I'm going to love you no matter what. Why don't we go to our boss and, and honor him and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to work really hard. Somebody's like, I don't like my boss. I know. It's okay. But being a Christian is loving. His law is love no matter what. Say this with me. His law is love. One more time. His law is love. That's why Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6, 5. He said the greatest commandment is that you love the Father. You love God. And then what? You love people. I want to put up this image uh, I gave this image about two months ago, but I just want to talk about this quick. It says sonship in the middle. It says a couple circles. What we forget about is our identity is right there. And guys, you are loved before everything else. And your season will change. You'll start to realize that you're gifted in different ways. Your title at work might change, but it doesn't change your value. Are you hearing this? It doesn't change your identity. You are loved by Father God. It's possible that you could go into a season of foster care or it's possible that you simply become part of a fam team or a life group where you open your home or you join someone's home and you get into community. You see, there's a few ways to experience and to give the thrill of hope. How many of you received the thrill of hope? Okay, but we're closing the sermon now with this. Let's give the thrill of hope. How do you give the thrill of hope? I want to put, I'm going to just give you three ways. There's a million ways, but I just want to give you three. Number one, a life group. That's a group. We had four new life groups begin this last, this summer. Isn't that awesome? We prayed for four new groups to begin. There's a group for young ladies. There's a group for parents uh, who have kids who are struggling with addiction at the Corsons. Uh, there's uh, two of them are north of here and I think two are south of here. But we are believing that you are going to experience the love of God in homes all around Kinsman and Cortland and Warren. Let me say it one more time. We're believing that you are going to experience the love of God in Kinsman and Cortland and Warren and everywhere in Trumbull County. Amen. Last thing, his gospel is peace. How many people don't have peace? 
How many people wake up every day and they're striving and they're worried and they have anxiety in their mind? His gospel is peace. You know, there is only peace found in Jesus. I was thinking about this. I had read a couple books from different psychologists, and one said, you know, the greatest uh, desire in the human heart is the sense of belonging, to be loved. But I've also read the greatest desire uh, of a human is hope. That if you don't have hope, a desire, a, a hope for a brighter future, that you lose the will to live. Someone shared with me yesterday that um, they put rats in this uh, water, and I'm trying to remember if it was six minutes or 16 minutes, but they were trying to learn to swim. And at the last second when they pulled uh, the rat out, if they did that before it drowned, then it could last hours. I think it was like six hours or, or something crazy. But, then if, but if they didn't, the rat would, would die within a matter of minutes. Why? It trained the brain to sense hope. And now I'm not calling you a rat, just so you know. I'm just saying, all of us need hope. And you have to understand, the only person that can truly give hope is Jesus Christ. The only person that can truly give you a brighter future and not break promises to you is God the Father. It's a sense of belonging. It's hope for tomorrow. It's peace. It's peace. Do you know how many Americans, do you know how many people are on medication because they don't have peace? And I'm, I'm okay with medication. I'm all for medication. I'm for science. But I'm telling you, there is a peace that can come from the presence of Jesus that is stronger than any drug. Come on. That is better than anything you can find anywhere else. I hope you're hearing me. His gospel is peace. And there's times when you have to say, you know what, I'm going to let go of everything else in the world right now, and I'm just going to worship Jesus. I'm going to focus on the goodness of God. I want to close with this hymn again. Look at how the way this hymn ends. Christ is the Lord, then ever, ever praise we. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. Westminster's Catechism says the man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I love that. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You can enjoy God. Let me say it again. You can enjoy God. You were meant to enjoy life with God. Can you stand up to your feet? You were made to enjoy life with your Father God. You were fostered by God. You were adopted by God. With all of your pain, with all of your questions, and even though you pushed God back, He just kept loving you until you learned to trust Him. Are you so thankful that even when you were pushing God away, God kept His arms open and said, I still love you. Come on, even when you maybe even cursed God and you were so hurting, God said, I still love you. I'm still your dad. I want to make a point. Lucas said dad before mom. Very important for everybody to know. 
I did train him about an hour a day. Dad, 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 not mom, dad. Who's your favorite? Dad. God wants you to know you can find in him what you cannot find anywhere else. He adopts you into his family. He says, you have the family name. He says, oh, you don't know about my brokenness. God knows about your, he knows about your mess, but he forgives it all. And he says, let me take all of that fear, all that brokenness, all that worry, and just push it out with my love. Amen. We just bow your heads. I want to give you an opportunity to trust in the Father right now. Because maybe you're here, or maybe you're a guest. Or maybe like Nicodemus, we talked about him last week. He, he knew a lot about God. Maybe you consider yourself religious. You've been to a lot of services, but maybe you've never asked for forgiveness. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your brother and God to be your father. If that's you, you know your heart's kind of beaten a lot. And you know you need to give your life to Jesus. You know you need to repent of your sin and let God's love get rid of all that strife and all that anxiety in your mind and your heart. Can you raise your hand right now? I'll give you a minute. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ to become born again, to become a Christian, amen. Thank you, Lord. See somebody, I see a rededication over here to my left. Beautiful give you another minute. Anybody else you say, I know, I know that I need forgiven of my sin. I need to become a child of God because he's offering me life and I need it. I need this love of God. Thank you, Lord. Can we do this? Can we all pray this together? I love when we do that. Let's all pray this together. Dear Lord, Thank you for dying in my place. Jesus, thank you for leaving heaven to be born as a human to save me so you could be my brother and your father, my father. Thank you for forgiving me of every time I blew it take out that sinful nature that causes me to be selfish and demanding to take instead of give. Give me a new nature. Give me your heart. Make me born again. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for calling me your own. I choose from this day forward to love you to follow you. Thank you for the promise of heaven, for that true hope. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. We have two people that gave their hearts to Christ today. Can we give God a big shout of praise? Awesome. So, so cool. Listen, this week you're going into, or maybe you already have noticed, you're already in the Christmas season. Can I give you a little, just a thought as you're leaving today? A lot of times the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas, people's hearts are more open to the idea of God and eternity. So invite a friend out. 
Because you know what I'm believing? Even though we're launching, hear me, even though we're launching a third campus, I believe this campus is going to grow. Let me say it one more time. Even though we're launching a third campus, I believe this campus is going to grow. So invite a friend out to church. Invite him over to your house. Amen? All right. Have a good day.